Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. Thank you so much for being full time in our lives. We just ask that you continue to give us a double portion of your love, mercy, and grace. God, that you give us discernment, that you allow us to understand your word, interpret it, and also get revelation of it, Lord. We ask that you continue to just lead us in righteousness, Father God. Keep our hearts softened and melted for you, God. Allow our, our ears to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit all the time, every single day, Father God. And so we just ask that you just allow us to influence others through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us take authority in this world that we live in by utilizing the Holy Spirit on at all times, on every occasion, in every situation, God. And let us pray about all things. So, God, I just thank you. For the Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill us up with the Holy Spirit. Let, allow us to receive your word today, God. Allow us to allow me to minister grace to the hearer. In Jesus' name, allow me to to minister that which is, you know, um, inspiring to those that are lost, Father God, so that you know your children will come back to your kingdom, Lord. And so I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for filling me up. I pray that you allow me to speak the word today. Do not let me forget anything that I need to talk about. Allow me to um, cover all of the information the, exactly the way that you've given it to me. And let me um, speak it exactly the way that I understood it. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through discernment, knowledge, and wisdom. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you so much, God. Um, we just ask that you please allow your will to be done, not ours, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. So thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws Life and Health. Let's talk about it. So women's health is a very trending topic. Okay. And so today I want to cover some basics of, um, I want to kind of finish up some things. So I, I did want to go back over the Toxic Links article. Um, that's an article that discusses the dioxins and sanitary napkins and tampons and how it causes infertility, including cancer, including urinary tract infections. It, it causes a lot of problems in the endocrine system and um, many other health problems because of the fact that sanitary napkins and tampons are recycled plastic. They use uh, components that is recycled paper and that um with a woman having an menstruation each month that is the shedding of the uterus and so it's uh it's very it's crucial for um for us women to make sure that we're using the right type of sanitary products so that we can maintain good health and not um utilize products such as certain um sanitary napkins and pads that are um causing these infertility and health problems that is a part of eugenics and eugenics is the basically the racial cleansing or racial eradication of um, certain races of people including social and economic exclusion and um, so that isn't something that is nice um, it is definitely something that I've been talking about throughout this podcast and so hopefully um, today once I finish up that article I plan on talking about the um a strong black woman syndrome but it's also called the superwoman schema right uh sws um so the, they have those two words to use for um strong black woman 
All right. And so I can go over those things. And then after that, hopefully I could be able to get uh, through with some of the tissues that I um, talked about or I have listed on the podcast. And so I can finish those up too. So thank you all once again for joining me. So uh, today I really want to talk about how you are a contributor to your overall health. So no one can really impact your um, well-being besides um, your mental health besides you. And so it's so important. It's actually an essential part of your mental health is the way that you think, the way that you behave, and the way that you um, perceive things. And so it's so important to be able to make sure that you're perceiving the things that are going to contribute to your overall health and not to your overall demise. And so yesterday I talked about my perspective on purchasing these sanitary products that I thought was, you know, like top quality. I spent a lot of money using these sanitary napkins and Tampax Pearl and always um, for many years of my life. And I didn't know that it was contributing to my demise, basically to the fact that my uterus now has, um, it's, I don't, I no longer have a uterus. And so, um, that is something that was just bothersome. It, it really, really did stress me out in some ways because of the fact that, um, no doctor could tell me why I had these, how did these fibroids just all of a sudden just happen, um, and they're not cancerous. They are benign, but they are tumors. And so they really, really do cause a lot of health um, concerns um, because of the excessive bleeding that they are. Um, basically, these tumors are just like sucking all of the blood out of a person. So I, um, diving deeper on this journey, I was able to find out that it is because of the sanitary napkins and the Tampax that has been that I was using. And um, many women, they lack understanding on this issue because it isn't something that is widely discussed amongst the American um, culture or, or within the American households. And so it is essential for you to go out and make sure that you're studying what you need to in order for you to be able to um, contribute to the good health of your body, the overall improvement of your physical body and also your mental health. Okay. So let me go ahead and share my screen. I want to get right into it today. Now, if you all have any questions, please go ahead and put them right here in the Q&A and I will respond to them there. Okay. Um, so this is the Toxic Links article. Uh, we were talking about waste, how waste is affecting the workers. Okay, I hadn't got on that part yet, um, but what I would like to do is, before I go there, um, yesterday I was talking about um, William Johnson in the article, um, not the article, it was a, a poem by Marianne Williamson, and it was a very interesting poem, uh, but I wanted to go back to uh, Mr. Johnson too, just a little bit here and, and um you know, like hear some of the things that he's talking about because I thought it was very, very uh, informative and very encouraging, actually. So let's let me um, finish playing some of the things that he's saying here, and then I'll go to the Toxic Links article and then talk about the um, strong black woman syndrome. 
And I do apologize that the um the volume is low. That is not on my end. That is on the um APC Morgan Park um the church part. So that's just how the sound was playing. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light. Okay, so he read this. I read you this. You can become a college graduate. Okay. You can become a mentor. You can become a counselor of the year. There are many opportunities for you to be successful. Reach up and grab it. Take a moment and reach up and think about what you want to do. Grab it and pull it down. It's for you. Success. Reach up, pull it down. It's for you. On a road. Reach up, pull it down for you. Success. He says success is for you. Pull it down and get it. Uh, on the road, pull it down and get it. Get it. It's for you. Successful marriages, reach up. Successful pull it down. marriages, pull it down for you. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Jesus, you're my number one. Our point one to, for today is to study hard to prove yourself. Second Timothy two and fifteen tells us that we should study to show God that we understand the truth. This verse refers to knowing God's word and being able to point out false teachings and philosophies, but it applies to education as well. As a student, you should indulge yourself in your work and be the best that you can be. There's some things you just can't do. My grandmother used to always tell me, you can't make every set. It means you can't go to every party that somebody throws. You can't meet every anniversary that everybody has. You can't meet all of those and still do you. Priorities. You have to place you in the level of priority as you move forward. Colossians 3 and 15 through 17. So Colossians 3 and 15. Let's go to Colossians 3 and 15. Colossians 3 and 15 through 17. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in work, word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is good. We need to make sure that we let God into our hearts to give us peace. Once we have God in our hearts, um, we're going to have peace because we are members. We are part of the body of Christ. And so therefore, we, when we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, then we're called to peace. And then, so that's what this scripture means. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. 
giving thanks to God and the Father by him. As African Americans, we know we go through a lot. Amen. So we, he says, African Americans, you know that we all go through a lot. So, um, if you all wanted to see that, that is from Apostolic Pentecostal Church Morgan Park. It's on YouTube. It's APC Morgan Park. Um, this was from August sixth, yesterday, Sunday worship. Um, with APC and Pastor Bill Ellis. Um, so that was a pretty good sermon, I would say. Um, also yesterday, I had listened to uh, uh Paula White Ministries. Um, let me let me just go there for a bit. One moment, I'm just waiting on the um computer to load. She made some Stop points. Today at Michael's Maker Hall for great deals on art supplies and so Paula White made some points memories. yesterday, and I, I found a very interesting. Right? You ready? Somebody slap your neighbor one more time. Give him a high five. Say this word is for you. There, it was the. It was that they were divided within their. Okay, I think she was right. Let's see where she was. This is going to be, it's going to be good because God chose your child to be the up agenda against our children. I think I'm the only one that did. CDC just came out with a report at the beginning of the year that our daughters, our girls, one in three want to commit suicide. One in culture that says it's okay if they change their sex because These 10 extra things, all those free things in the end, it's not going to be. Okay, here we go. All right. Other people, and we getting our 10 bucks or our 20. Okay, our here 50, we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. That we're to take care of the poor and needy, but I don't believe in the way the government does it. Wait, hold on. I. Now, this is the first time I've heard Paula White sound like this. Um, I actually have been listening to her for many, many years you since really I was a teenager. To. Um, so it's a dad. I've never it's heard her talk thing. like this, but this is very and, and your children's formation still comes from our homes. It's the heart of a home. So when you look at great nations, like at one time, Rome ruled the world. Of course, we know the British and how they failed. We know that the, what they called the dark ages, the light ages, all these things. But, but Rome ruled the world. It had occupancy in almost every territory, right? But that great um, what would you call it? I mean, government, that great culture, that great empire that ruled the world completely collapsed. And if you've never read the history of the collapse of Rome or how like nations fall, you really need to. You know, the, the, there's five reasons they attribute Rome to falling. Say, so what's this have to do with my children? A lot. It, the, the first and they would say, this would really be the fifth reason, because I'll go down to the first. So I'm going to say the first, second, third, but it's really backwards, okay? So the fifth reason that it fell was because families fell apart. Divorce. 
because homes begin to disintegrate. You look in America back in the days when, okay, so I remember my great-grandparents. My great-grandfather was born in the 1800s, and I was alive. I was born 1966, so I was alive and got to know him. He was born in the 1800s. There was no, like, divorce rate was like 1% or 2%. There wasn't, it wasn't like it is today, 60% higher. There wasn't the breakdown of the family of Holland. You look at the 50s, what happened when welfare came in. Now watch this, don't miss all this, because this has to do with either your house being blessed or not, because there is an agenda by the enemy that is used from some powerful institutions to break down the two sacred things to God. There's only two divine sacred institutions in the earth by God. That is the church, and I'm not talking about our individual church, it's talking about the church, the body of Christ, and the home. It's a divine sacred institution of God. And so what began to happen when welfare was introduced, and I do believe that we're to take care of the poor and needy, but I don't believe in the way the government does it. I just don't believe in it. I think it's a horrible system. I'm completely against it. I think the church should rise up and people should rise up. And out of our blessing, we should have a generosity to, that we are obligated to take care of the poor and the needy. Because the government's never going to do it right. I'm telling you that right now. Then, So they instituted welfare. And what was welfare instituted from? You had to drive the male out of the home. So in order to receive a welfare or in order to receive benefits, there could be no head of house. So for economic reasons, it began to even more disintegrate. And so um, I was surprised that she said that because I've never heard Paula White talk about this. Um, this is really interesting. This was kind of like a different episode for her um, simply because she opened up about quite a, a lot of different things and um i'm really liking the transparency that she had but as she just said the mail was removed from the home in order for you to get um public assistance and benefits you can't have a a two-person household there needs to be a one-person household and usually that person is a woman um so the male has been driven out of the household which is causing the separation of the male role model that has that is traditionally meant to be in the home great the family and not only does it do that but listen we know how the system works listen i've been on the system before i've been on wick that that peanut butter you know has a dual purpose it's got some oil at the top of it that you can slap on your head <laughs> and then i've been there thank god for deliverance it's, it's important though it's it's okay when you need help but i don't like the way the help does because even with the government benefits you're going to run out by the 12th day you got three days you're going to be a sugar high there's a whole system so we know what to do now right we label our children disabled add ahd we label them uh schizophrenic we just keep on labeling them because the more we label them the more money we're going to get the more money we get, we're not going to have that gap of running out. And then we've learned how to work that system and hustle it. Why y'all think I don't know nothing about welfare? We've learned how to hustle the system. So now we take, I know nobody's ever done that under the sound of my voice. Now we take that and we give some of those WIC stamps, come on and give some of those government goods out to other people. And we get in our 10 bucks or our 20 or our 50 
and they get their free groceries because we were both. Why are you looking like nobody's ever scammed a system? See, everybody's in here like, I'm an angel. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure we do. It's the breakdown of the family. Okay. And it's what this demonic entity behind every man institution wants to do is destroy our families, get our kids so they can educate them, indoctrinate them, change them, and ultimately make sure that they take God away from them. I'm preaching good whether you're with me or not. The second thing that happened was higher taxes. And you go, why? And it was said this, that the spending of, the, the, the spending of tax money uh, for free bread. In other words, people didn't want to, want to work. They wanted a system that took care of them. They wanted a system that gave them their health care and a system that, that gave them their house and ultimately a system that gave them their very bread. It's the antithesis against everything God says in his word. This is the popular preaching, but God says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay, so I really, I like some of her ideologies here. Um, Specifically, it's not about her. It's about what the word of God says. And so this is so important because God does want us to live in victory. And he doesn't want us to live a defeated life at all. So it is so important for us to understand what the word of God is saying. And um, because the word of God will help us, you know, get out of situations that, you know, God does not, God doesn't want you to be unhappy. God doesn't want us to be in poverty. God doesn't want us to have to go through unnecessary things, right? And so um, it's important, it's imperative that, you know, we sort of um, seek God and uh, maintain our, our balance in, in, the, um, in our relationship and our walk with Christ so that God can lead us. In the path that we will go and have victory, in the path where we will we will have doors of opportunity being open and um, poured into our lives, right? Okay, so moving forward, I wanted to uh, let's let's look at the toxic links links article. Um, so, are waste workers affected by sanitary napkins? So, there was a survey that was conducted among waste workers basically to understand their handling of men menstrual uh, waste and the perceptions around it um so in many countries informal waste pickers contribute significantly to waste management and resource efficiency by collecting they sort they trade and sometimes even process waste materials so amongst the waste workers by gender, you have 93% are males and only 7% are females. Um, and so there is a huge disparity there amongst people who are um, basically getting the waste. Um, so among all the interviews that were, were done, there were seen about 87% were uh, private players, while 4% were government players and 10% um, responded in other categories. So we see that the ages of workers about 71 percent of work workers are uh 18 to 40 years old 25 percent of workers were over 40. okay and so uh the waste workers included were at kind of like different levels so the the nature of the work okay so 28 percent was like waste pickers 
32, I'm sorry, 36% were door-to-door -door waste collector and waste pickers. 18% um, were rag pickers and 18% were door-to-door -door waste um, collectors. So this is in, actually in Delhi, uh, De uh, India. Okay, so sanitary pads in the household, 84% um, was waste while 16% was not. So it revealed that 70% 70 70 of people revealed that the soiled napkins are also mixed with the household waste and they have never received such waste separately from any of the household. 26% um, said that they had been handed over uh, sanitary pads separately from some households and about 3.3% shared that they received soiled pads separately. All female respondents said that they have never been handed over such waste separately by any of the households. So there is segregation of menstrual waste. So from the way that it looks, it looks like there are more males in the field than women. Um, there is also a negative perception on dealing with menstrual waste. So there is 45% uh, of people that don't have a negative perception but 55% do have a negative perception about dealing with the, the race. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, menstrual waste. So the negative perception about dealing with menstrual waste um, does have some disparities with age. So people between the ages of 18 and 40, um, about 50% of them said that they did not have any negative perception and 49% did. Above 40 years old was about 36% that did not have a negative perception and 64% that did. Well, if you look at the Gen Z's who are less than 18 years old, none of them had a negative perception about dealing with waste. Wait, I think I had that backwards. So yes, is less than 18 years. I'm sorry, less than 18 years old, yes, they had a 100% negative perception. So just revert that back. 18 to 40 years old, 49% did have a negative perception. Above 40 years old, 64% did. So I just had it um, backwards there, okay? So harmful to health. We have 67.3% um, They don't know if there is harmful effects on menstrual waste. 23.6% says that there are, I mean, says that there isn't, and 9% says there, there is. So we see those disparities there. Um, also, 55% of people feel bad about dealing with finding soil pads in general. 100% of the respondents do not segregate menstrual waste from general waste, so they put them all together. So 70% of the waste collectors never receive soil sanitary waste. Um, so some conclusions, some, they have some suggested recommendations. So menstrual waste finds mentioned in solid waste rules, but it has not been able to change things on the ground. So there needs to be appropriate policy and legal frameworks that are necessary for the management of menstrual waste. Um, and it should be developed. Um, they should be prioritized, um, basically focusing on reusable products. The next recommendation is segregation of menstrual waste from general waste is needed to be done at the source. So in order to combat some of um, the administration waste disparities, they needed to be separated 
in order for them to have like um statistics on this so also implementing epr and making the brands responsible for the waste so the brands of the actual waste should be responsible for the disposal of disposal of waste so right now it doesn't look like they are currently responsible for anything they're not responsible for the dioxins that causes cancer or infertility in women um even after a woman may spend thousands of dollars on sanitary products they're still haven't been responsible for causing infertility for causing cancer urinary tract infections yeast infections fibroids and all other type of things within the endocrine system right so um, also, another recommendation that they have is uh, some initiatives in cities um, can be done to help create like these campaign movements. Also, let's see what else they have here. So that's, I think that's it. So there is a, oh no, the, this last thing. So there is a need for promoting effective menstrual materials, which needs less, less and cost effective management. So organic disposal, disposable sanitary pads are the first choice. Um, so there's a huge cost difference between the organic options and the non-organic options, which is a major hindrance. So there should be some tax rebates, some subsidies in order to um, test some of the organic products. Um, there should be awareness that is um, awareness regarding this issue of menstrual waste among sanitation workers and this should be also included and created to help um operate the adequate um knowledge and health implications of uh sanitary napkins and different products okay so that is the toxic links article i know that took a few weeks for me to get that all completed but it is in the actual blog okay so if you go to the women's health blog i have it there okay all right now so i wanted to kind of shift focus here and talk about the um strong black woman syndrome okay so this is kind of a, a big article here too all right okay so now there is an article um it's called it's called uh, racial discrimination racial discrimination the superwoman schema and allostatic load exploring an integrative stress coping model among african-american women and so this has been published in the New York Academy of Sciences Journal, okay? And so um, this is an article, article by Alan et al. Um, remember, et al. is, that means that there's multiple articles, I'm, I'm sorry, multiple authors on this topic. So the article basically discusses the biological stress of African-American women and how the psychosocial processes of stress um, negatively 
impact African-American women's health. So the study examined about 30 to 50 different women to basically test their interactions and variances of the superwoman schema. Um, this is also called the strong black woman syndrome that correlates with the psychosocial processes. So the authors had declared that there were no significant difference, right? And so what difference are they referring to? Well, let's look this up now. Um, the differences that they were trying to figure out was the allostatic load and the basically the um, just the strong black woman syndrome all together with the you know the the experiences that the strong black woman was having. And so I, now I'm going to just switch over to a different article. And these articles are right here in the blog if you want to look them if you want to see. So the one I just got through reading was here. And um so now the next article that this next article is from Psychology Today. So most importantly, Psychology Today author Sean Burns states in her article, what does allostatic load mean for your health? And so, which this discusses great detail, the impacts of allostatic load. And so allostatic load is basically a combination of uh, physiological stress that attacks your body. And um, basically it can cause, uh, hold on a second. So basically it attacks your body and it can cause problems within your immune system, right? So your biological processes, these kind of like include your hormones. So your hormones really affect your personality. It can impact you. Your hormone, if your pH balance is off, you know, like when women is, is having a menstruation cycle, your pH or your, your hormone balance is off. And so it's so important to try to get those regulated so that that way you can, you know, get back to yourself. But when those are out of balance, what happens is your biological um, processes are, aren't functioning right. So some of your hormones isn't right. So in addition to that, you also have the allostatic load um, that causes some cardiovascular system issues. And these cardiovascular issues is basically like within the artery, um, with you know, just within your, your body, period. And, and they can cause like high blood pressure, it causes inflammation, um, uh, imbalance in your glucose. So some women who are diabetic, it can cause some glucose problems. It can overall, <coughs> excuse me. I know sometimes I randomly cough like that. It's because I was told that sometimes when I have uh, sinuses, I may not even have any symptom of a sinus, but that I'm, I'm having a sinus uh, problem. So that's what I was told. And I, I try not to confess that. I don't really don't believe in it. And I try to maintain um, a, a good amount of herbs to take for it. But um, going back to the article, um, basically it causes these sort of imbalances in the body. So the allostatic load causes an increased... Um, uh, increasing in some health problems 
So the article states that um, these health risks actually influence around 50 to 70% of all illnesses. Okay. So what that means is that when when black women are stressed out, basically having a superwoman schema, which is also called the black strong woman syndrome, they can have an, a wide array of, of health implications. And so some of these risk factors can cause an overall increase in health problems. So this is about 50 to 70% of all illnesses are caused by the allostatic load. So another article that talks about this is um, Marita Garden. So I've, I've listed her name here so that you all could basically click on her name. When you click on her name, um, it'll show you the different books that she has written. And so uh, she talks a lot about, she has one book out, it's called Saving Our Sons. Raising Black Children in a Turbulent World, New Edition, Parenting Black Teens, Improving Black Family. Um, another book she has is After, a novel, Long Distance Life, the word um, Black Writers. Talk about the transformative power of reading and writing. A Woman's Place, this is a novel. Um, she has another one, A Miracle Every Day, Triumph and Transformation in the Lives of Single Mothers. Um, Gumbo, an anth uh, anthology of African-American writing. Another book is It's All Love, Black Writers on Soulmates, Family, and Friends. Another book is Saving Our Sons, Raising Black Children in the Turbulent World. And so she has quite a bit of books here. And so... um. I wanted to encompass what she was saying about the strong black woman syndrome. So in her book, um, the strong black woman, um, basically it describes the strong black woman syndrome as, this is how it is described for generations in response to systemic racism, black women and African-American culture created the persona of the strong black woman. A woman who, motivated by service and sacrifice, handles, manages, and overcomes any problem, any obstacle. The syndrome calls on black women to be the problem solvers and chief caretakers for everyone in their lives. Never buckling, never feeling vulnerable, and never bothering with their pain. Now, I just really have to reflect on this, okay? So, like I said, Marita Golden, she is a powerful, strong Black writer. Um, she's describing the strong Black woman syndrome. And so, who else better to understand the strong Black woman syndrome than from Black women, right? So, I am a Black woman, um, Marie, Marita Golden is a black woman and we are talking about the strong black woman syndrome. So her perception of the strong black woman syndrome is, you know, it's kind of different from mine's because what I, my perception of what a black, strong black woman syndrome is, is, is somewhat correlated with what 
uh, Marita Golden is saying when she, when she says is motivated by the service of sacrifice, handles, um, manages, and overcomes any problem, any obstacle. So I think like yes, the strong black woman is like we're going to do everything that we can in order to overcome. In order to overcome obstacles, overcome these problems, we're going to manage things. We're going to, you know, uh, handle everything in the household. But this says here that the syndrome calls on black women to be the problem solvers and chief caretakers for everyone in their lives. When you think of a chief, that is somebody who is the head, Okay. And so I'm going to get into that in a minute, but God did not create, God did not create the woman to be the head. God created the man to be the head of the household. Okay. And so I wanted to go to look at um, Genesis. So Genesis, um, I wanted to talk about Eve again. I, I know I've done that already in earlier podcasts on this particular blog oh hold on one second so um basically going back to eve here in the fall of adam and eve that's what i wanted to specifically look at the fall and um reflecting on the fall here uh so reflecting on the fall it says so let me just go over this this is in uh genesis chapter three and then i'll kind of go into detail about why this is so important um for the strong black woman to sort of you know we we have to try to uh eliminate being the chief in the household that needs to be removed from the ideology of the strong black woman okay because we have children that actually depend on their dads and also their moms and so um this is so important within the within the minority home and so as paulie paula white had mentioned when she said that the male is removed from the household, the head of the house is removed. So that is what is happening. The, the male is being removed from the house. And so the woman then, what? What happens with the woman? She becomes the chief. And so that is the way Marita Golden is describing the strong black woman syndrome, right? The syndrome calls on black women to be the problem solvers and chief caretakers for everyone in their lives. Never buckling, never feeling vulnerable, and never bothering with their pain. And so this is a major issue. The reason why this is a major issue is because you have to first look at the fact that being a chief caretaker for everyone in their lives is something that, you know, The, the 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 main the main thing here is making sure that you are not being a chief in everyone's life because being vulnerable 
is a part of the way that God created the woman to be. So we should be vulnerable just as well as men. Like some men, they should be vulnerable at times as well, right? Because we all have this connection because we are created in God's image. And with being created in God's image, guess what? We have some of God's attributes. So the man was created exactly in God's image. But the woman, woman was derived from man. And so what that means is that she has some attributes from man and God. So the attributes, the blessing, the authority was given to Adam. So we look at this Genesis chapter three, verse two, and I'm going to try to go through this kind of um, brief. All right. So it says the woman says to the serpent. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the verse one. Um, so Genesis three. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He says to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So basically the serpent is trying to manipulate the woman by saying, did God really say? Like, okay, let, let's see if we could restructure these words around to favor your desire. Basically, a lot of people out here do it all the time. They they use their uh, uh they use their the it ends as a means, or they they use a means as an end. They're using this situation in a way to say, okay, well, did God really say that you couldn't eat from the tree in the garden? So this is manipulation at its finest. So in verse two, it says, the woman says to the serpent, we may eat fruits from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. So you see in verse two, she's saying she's talking to the serpent because she's curious. It's no reason to talk to the serpent when God has given her a command to follow. The command was do not eat from the tree in the garden of good and evil. So you must not eat from the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you will must not touch it or you will die. This is what God is saying. So now she basically wants to confirm whether or not, okay, she wants to confirm if the serpent is going to say the same thing because now the serpent is being cunning. The serpent is telling her, okay, you know, it's okay to do that. You know, but did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? Did he really say that? Like she heard God say that, but the serpent is just confirming with her because see the serpent already knew that she was already weak. You understand? So this is why the serpent is testing her because the, the serpent know that she was curious the, the way that she's acting. Okay. So in verse four, it said, you will not certainly die. The serpent said to the woman. So now this is the, this is the serpent now contradicting what God is saying. So, so this is the deception part. The deception is and going back to verse three. 
But God did say you must not eat from the fruit that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And so what this is saying is like, okay, or you will die. So, so the serpent is saying you will not certainly die. See, the serpent is trying to use deception because, yeah, it may not be a physical death, but it's a spiritual death. So he's trying to manipulate the woman by saying you're not going to die. So she's not gonna die because why? It's it's uh it's not a physical death. So physically she's not going to die at that moment, but she is going to die. So in verse five, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So right now, before they even eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they didn't know nothing. They were just innocent. They didn't know anything about bad. They didn't know anything. They, they, this is why they were easily deceived. Because the woman, she didn't want to be obedient. She didn't want to listen. She was curious. So let's look at verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. See, she saw that the tree was good for food. And pleasing to the eye. So she thought it was pleasing for food. And it was delightful to her. Pleasing to her eyes. See, a lot of times women are going to be out here doing things where it's pleasing to you. So it's easier for you to just do this. Than to listen to God. It's easier for you to just kick your husband out. Rather than work out the situation. It's easier not to go to counseling. Because if you have to go to counseling. Then you're going to have to. You know make make time around your schedule. To go to counseling. So it's easier. Just not to go. It's easier because you know what. Guess what. You don't want everybody in your business. You don't feel that you need a counselor. Because you're so strong and powerful. You're the chief caretaker for everybody you know. So it's really no reason for you to need a man. And you got to make sure you tell that man every day that you don't need him. And so what the problem is, is that this causes separation so right now what eve is doing is she bringing about separation into the union that god created between her and adam she's allowing the serpent to come in to separate what god has joined them together to be together and she's allowing the serpent to separate that her desires her her eyes it's deceiving her so this is it, it says and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it so we see here so when the woman saw that the fruit of the, of the tree was good for pleasing i mean it was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So, what was it? It was the, the fruit looked good for food 
It was pleasing to her eye and desirable to her. So instead of her listening to God, she wanted to go off of her desires and what she thought was looking good. So now this is the fall of man. So we as women need to understand that if Eve did all of these things because it was pleasing to her eye and desirable, that means that we as women shouldn't do the same things that Eve did. We shouldn't want to do things just because it's pleasing to our eyes or just because it, is, it looks desirable. And, and it is desirable. You shouldn't do it. Because guess what? That was the fall of man. It was the woman who had created the her own position. She created her own position. Because Adam was the head. He was the man that was created in God's image. She over here being entertained by the serpent. Trying to use the word of God that God has told her not to do. And she's sitting up here trying to justify a means to an end so that she could eat from the tree because it's pleasing to her and desirable to her. Just from this alone, women, all of us, that's the first thing we should not want to do. Don't do anything just because it's pleasing to your eye or because you desire it. Those are the two things that I always resist. So I don't let my eyes consume me. Period. I don't want to be no Eve at all. In the name of Jesus Christ, I will not be an Eve. So just because something that looks nice, just because it, it, it may be pleasing, to the eyes, I don't want to choose anything because of that. That does not motivate me. So we as women have to understand that we don't want to do the things, the characteristics, have characteristics that will create us to fall. So if your motivation it's always because of what is pleasing to your eye. And your motivation is always what you desire. And your motivation is what looks good because you think it's good. If your motivation are these things, you need to reevaluate your motivation. Because guess what? Those things are leading you astray. Those things are what is hindering the household. Oh, you know, I don't like the type of man you are because you don't have enough. You don't have enough to satisfy me. But that other man, even though he married, you still want that man. And you're going to put your husband out for a married man. Because it's pleasing to your eye. Your eye is, is pleasing. 
Oh, because you like what that other man doing. Oh, because, see, you like your co-worker husband. Her husband get her flowers. But what you didn't know is that same husband that's giving her flowers is cheating on her. So you have to appreciate the things that God has given you. God gave Eve Adam. God gave Adam Eve. That God gave them both to each other. She took over the position as the head and made Adam passive. So now Adam has passivity. As we can see here, after she ate, she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. But, but see, look, look, before that verse, it doesn't say that they realized that they were naked. It said she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. So it wasn't until... It wasn't until Adam ate from the tree that they realized that they were naked because it's an order. She ate it. It didn't say they realized that they were naked after she ate it. It says she gave some to her husband. Her help was encouraging him to be disobedient. So a lot of times women out here your support is you encouraging that man to go out here and steal. It's you encouraging that man to go out here and make a decision that can ruin his life. It's you encouraging that man to go out here and do something that could put his life at risk. For the sake of what? Pleasing you. So now he's going out here doing all of these different things. Putting his life on the line. His future on the line. Because he loves you. Like Adam. Adam sit here listening to his wife. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked. So it, it's, it's when the man ate from the tree that they realized that they were naked. So the man is the key person. Don't let your support system be to the support that is going to encourage that man to do bad. You out here encouraging him to go sell drugs when you could be encouraging him to get a certificate. You want him to go out here and make a sacrifice, but you're not willing to make a sacrifice till he can become the man that God called him to be. And it's just a cycle a repeated cycle of problems because guess what? That man had just left a five-year relationship where he was then being dominated by another Eve. 
She's telling him what to eat. This is what you need to do. You need to da 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 blah 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 blah. She says she believe in God, but she don't submit to her husband. What woman do that? And you wonder why there is problems within the black home. Because the problem is, it's the submission level. It's starting with Eve and her eyes wanting to be uh, fulfilled and fulfilling her desires, her pleasure of what she thought she was going to get. See, what you thought that other man could do. What you thought. See, that's what the problem is. And so the main thing is we as women, we have to reject being enticed by the pleasure and desires of your eyes. So that's one thing that I do as a woman. So a lot of men, when uh, I'm approached or have conversations, they be like, you know what? What's so different? How how you how you do this though? Like you don't watch soap operas, you don't watch the reality TV, you don't focus on like. Look, I'm not focusing on anything that is enticing. Period. Because that is the fall of Adam and Eve, being enticed. By the pleasures and desires in this world. That is the fall of the household. So they create opportunity for you. And then you kick the man out. So now it's so many women that is on child support. Like it's astonishing. No woman should have to make a man take care of their responsibility. A woman, if you see a man that can't take care of his responsibility, why are you not helping that man do what he needs to do so that he could take care of his responsibilities? So instead of helping him and say, okay, look, we're going to work together. What is it going to take for you to become successful? What is it that you enjoy doing? What type of certificates do you want to obtain? What, what education do you want to get? Let's study for it. I can help you. Instead of doing that, hey, I'm going to child support. So you bring him down before he can ever feel uplifted. No man should have to pay child support period let me explain my dad and and i i can't i can't speak for the millions of people but one thing i can say is that the power of god is more powerful than anything in this world and i could tell you one thing that that when you encourage a person and you uplift them and you try to your best to create opportunity for them the way that opportunity has been created for you. You're going to help improve that person's life. Period. 
It doesn't matter about none of that. I was, I literally, my dad had to pay child support and he took care of me and my sister. My dad didn't have any other kids. My mom didn't have any other kids besides me and my sister. And my dad paid a lot of money in child support. And my dad still gave us a lot of money. And then my mom still spent all the money. So let me explain this. And, and, and this goes out to the men. Because some men, it is no way that you allow a woman to dictate the pace for your children. No matter what you have to do, you have if you have to fight over your kids, that's what you have to do. If you have to sit there and call the police every single day and fill out paperwork constantly over and over again, that's what you have to do to be involved in your children's life. So I remember when I was married, my ex-husband had so many kids, okay? Um, he literally was messing with so many women and had so many kids while I was together, while I was with him. And so um, uh, a couple of different women, they were kind of upset because he didn't, he he couldn't be with them. He didn't want to be with them. And then at, from that point, they wanted to be with him. And they said it specifically, well, if you're not going to be with me and help me raise the baby, then I don't want you involved. So they don't let him be involved. And like his encouragement level was so low. He was just like, I, I it's nothing I can do. And I'm like, what do you mean it's nothing that you could do? We got we gonna pay child support and you're still gonna take care of your kids. That's what we're going to do. So what I'm trying to say is this. Women, if you are really, really want to impact a person's life and impact that child's life in a positive way, you want to make sure you're not interfering in that man's life for him to be a father that he could be. If he doesn't have any kids, you have to let him learn how to become a father. You all have to learn how to grow to become parents. There are a lot of young people out here that are having kids and everything. So you want to make sure that you are not interfering with that child's ability to stay involved in their parents' life. It doesn't matter if there is no financial income at the time. Then if you can provide the means, then that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm going to get into all of this in a minute. Okay. But this is all based upon what the word of God is saying. So what really is interesting is that it's so many people that it's so many women that say that they believe in God, but they do not understand what it means to be submissive. And it's like, if you are married, you are supposed to be submissive. Submissive is not saying that you are degraded. It doesn't mean that you're going to be treated like the scum. That is not what submissive mean. It doesn't mean like you going back into the 1920s and, oh, no, you don't have no type of power. No, you still are power. You still 
are walking with the power of the Holy Spirit. You are go you can go out here in this world and you can dominate. You can do the things that God wants you to do still. But you have to understand what God is saying. If you say you believe in God, but you are not following the principles of what, what it takes to keep your household adhesive, to keep your household built on solid foundation, to keep your household built exactly the way that God wants it to be built. And so the reason why I'm saying this is because, yes, in my, in my marriage, my ex-husband did not believe in the bible did not believe in god he was a muslim and so eventually he had changed his beliefs and, and he converted over to uh christianity and then he switched back to muslim and then he became a moorish american and then a moorish people and then he came back to a muslim so the reason why i'm saying all of this is this Her support level was that she gave her husband something to eat that God commanded them both not to do. If you say you believe in God, quit tearing down the man. Quit tearing down every man that you see. You're not only just doing that to the men in your household. But now you going out and you tearing down the men in your family. You don't do that. You are supposed to uplift the men that you know. Uplift them. Empower them. First of all, and I'm going to talk specifically about the black male. Within the black male, within the, the, the um, black males are subjected some more scrutiny in this world than any other ways. They not only have to, you know, combat things with, you know, the police, um, but also problems within the culture from other black men. And then the white male. And then the woman in the house. And then the lack of employment. And then the lack of financial stability that is attached along with that. Just the overall lack of opportunity. So it's like a, a hundreds of different things that is going on in the lives of the black male. So one thing about me, I can say for sure, I, I never ever interfere, not once. I don't interfere with my kids having a relationship with their dad. So even though we were married, we had a divorce, he was still kind of like dictating my household because I have to get advice about, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We have to co-parent. We have to have understanding. And so that's one thing that I don't do. And I don't believe in child support. If you're not working and I am, I'm going to support you. I'm going to also support, you know, where my where my child is. So if he's if they he's coming over there to visit and all of these things is going on and you got a girlfriend and she needs support, and we are supposed to support our households. This is our duty. 
I don't care if my ex-husband, he has, he has a girlfriend. It doesn't matter about that. If my child is over there and they need some help, I'm going to pay an electric bill. I'm going to put food in that house. I'm going to make sure, hey, is everything okay? Do y'all need anything? You need anything else? Because, see, it's not about, you know, uh, it's not about him not having the ability to be able to provide. It's really about the support that he needs in order for him to become the provider that he needs to be. And it's not just for me, but it's also from the everyone around. So that as long as I know that the parent is the the other parent is happy in life, that means that my kids are gonna have what? They're gonna be happy too. So why would I want to cause any type of problems within our household? Our the first thing is God is the head. The head of every man is Christ. So, so the man needs to be led by God. And then the woman me as the supporter. As the prayer warrior. As the encourager. So this is what God wants us to do. And so instead of... Uh, good evening. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, And so just because Eve... She chose to eat from the tree. Doesn't mean that she should have convinced her husband to do so. That, that wasn't the helpmate that God wanted her to be. But that was the helpmate that she became because she was following her desires and she wanted to fulfill the things that were pleasing to her eyes. Because it was pleasing to her eye, she thought it was okay. So when he ate, that's when they realized that they were naked. It's because it was a, a covering over him. He is the head. The man is the head. So even though she ate from the tree, they didn't realize that they were naked until after he ate. So they sold fig trees, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And we see in verse eight that then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the gardening so they hid it's because they was ashamed they was ashamed it wasn't like they was ashamed in a way like they felt bad type of a shame because if they felt bad type of a shame they'd be like oh god forgive me i ain't listen i was disobedient god forgive me forgive me you know i ate from the tree that you told me not to that it that would have been like a, a, a remorse type of conviction. They didn't have conviction. They felt ashamed, sort of like embarrassed. They didn't feel conviction in their heart. They didn't feel bad about what they were doing. Because if you feel bad, you're going to immediately do what? You're going to immediately just say, oh, I didn't mean to do it. I was wrong. I remember once when I uh I had got in trouble for I was drinking actually and I was driving. This was so long ago and um and so I was in an accident and I actually hit the median. And when I hit the median, 
I had uh, like this OnStar. And OnStar was like, hi, Miss Watson, you okay? We received a, a notice of impact to your car. And I was like, oh, yeah. You know, uh, I did it. I did it. I hit the median. And so uh, when the police had came and they had arrived, I said, oh, you know, you called me. I did it. I did it. So I basically, I went to jail for this. And then I eventually, I got it expunged off my record. But the point of the matter is, is that I took accountability. I was wrong. I was in the wrong. And actually, that accident where I had hit, that happened, um, it was like four or five people that died at that exact location. That's what they told me. And so, like, that was a horrible accident, too. And so, the reason why I'm saying it is because, like, I felt convicted about hitting the median. Like, ah, okay, it's my fault. I shouldn't have been doing this. Let me take accountability for my actions. I got out the car immediately. I said, okay, just take me to jail. I, 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 that was wrong. You know, I shouldn't have been drinking and driving. That's what I said. And so, I went to jail for that. And, and so... That's the point. It's like the Adam and Eve at this point, they are not feeling ashamed. They didn't feel ashamed. They hid, but it wasn't because they felt conviction in their heart for what they did. So in verse 11, it says, and he said, who told you that you were naked? So now God is asking them a question. And then it said, God asked them, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So we see in verse 11, God asked them two questions. The first question is, who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And so in verse 12, the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. He, he still didn't answer the first question. God said, who told you that you were naked? He should have said, okay. And nobody didn't tell them that they were naked. You understand? So this is this is how you uh, I, and I and I think sometimes some people can look over this, but nobody actually told them that they were naked. If you go all the way back up and you see when they ate from the tree, they real they I the both of their eyes were open, and they realized that they were naked. So no one told them that they were naked. So when God asked him, well, who told you that you were naked? See, because you have to understand now their eyes. This is when their eyes was covered with something. And guess what that was? It became covered with desires. It became covered with pleasures. Because that's the reason why Eve ate from the tree, the forbidden tree, because she thought it was pleasing to her eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. So what entered into the knowledge of good and evil was their desires. Because if you look at this verse, at verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Nobody told them that they were naked. They realized that they were naked. So the realization 
of good and evil, the realization of things now has entered into the lives of men. Okay. And so he ignored God because he never answered that question. But he did answer the second part of the question, which is, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And so the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Okay. So in verse 13, um, but before I go to verse 13, as you can see here, he's taking accountability from his own actions and he's placing it on the woman. So this is the first part of his action. The second, the, the third action, actually, because the first one is he ate from the tree. The second one is he knew he was naked. The third one is uh he hid from God. The fourth one is now he ignoring God, not answering the question when God said, who told you you were naked? And so now the fifth thing that he's doing is he's saying, the woman that you put here, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So basically you are lacking accountability. He's lacking accountability for his actions, period. And it started with who? The woman. The woman. He said, he says, look, it was the woman. The woman that you put here with me. See, because he listens to her because he, of course, he loved her. He loves her, right? This is wife. So, you know, when she said, eat some of this, she, he ate it. That was just her support level. Her support level was not good. So her support level was not good at all. That was, what type of support are you giving him? The, the 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 main thing that God tell her not to do is what she goes out there and she does it and convince him to do it. So a lot of times these women out here, they're out here convincing the man, hey, you know, you need to sell drugs. You need to do something. You need to figure out something to do. I don't care about no job. You can't stay up in here. What you going to do? You better figure out how to get a job. Go out here and sell some drugs. Go sell something. Go figure out something. That's usually what is said in the strong black woman's household. Okay. And so now we see that this man, Adam, he is basically, you know, evading his accountability because he played a role in it. God made him the head. God created Adam in his image and then woman came from man. So therefore he was the head and she was the helper. But so since she ate from the tree, he became, she became the head and now he's passive. He has taken on the role of the woman. And not only that, now he's lacking in accountability. He's blaming her for his actions. He said, the woman that you put here, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So the verse starts saying, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. She's definitely lacking accountability right there. She is not taking responsibility for that. So 
it's a chain of command. God said what he said to Adam first. Who told you that you were naked? And have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? So you see, the woman is now the, the, creating destruction in that relationship. She has convinced her husband to be disobedient to God. And that's the type of support system that she giving him. So he lacking in accountability. Talking about some, oh, well, it's the woman that you put here with me. She gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. So he lacks accountability. He doesn't take responsibility and he blames the woman. So she's the head and now he has passivity. Okay. It's taking over reverse roles. That's basically what it is. The woman says, the serpent deceived me. And so I ate it. She definitely is lacking accountability. And so many times this is what's happening in the American household, in the black household. The woman has taken over the household. She has become the head. She has overthrown the male, her husband, and have taken control and made him passive. So no, now he no longer has that authority. So that, that, that lack of authority now has caused him to have low self-esteem. It has caused him to have a lack of ownership, a lack of accountability. Now he just feels that he can't do anything. So he has a defeated attitude and a defeated mindset. Because now he's been only subjected to the ease. And when it's time for her to become vulnerable... And talk about the things that's really bothering her. The strong black woman syndrome is going to interfere with that. So the Lord God said in verse 14. The Lord God said to the serpent. Because you have done this. Cursed are you above all livestock. And all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly. And you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offsprings and hers. He will crush your head. And you will strike his heel. And so um, going back to this, just to fully understand all of this here, because it's basically, it's, it's clear and concise. From the beginning, Eve, she was enticed by the things of her, the of, of what she thought was pleasing to her and her desires. So when at the beginning, when the serpent said, well, did God really say, did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? So we see there that now she's entertaining the serpent because she's curious and she's trying to justify her means to an end. She wants to eat from the tree, but she needs someone to affirm that. See, and a lot of times that's what women out here doing. They need a reassurance. Oh, okay, girl, you know, is it okay? What you think? I should cheat on him, huh? You know, getting confirmations from your friends who have never been married a day in their life. Why are you getting advice from someone who can't even make a, a commitment or a vow? She has five different baby daddies with no husband. And you getting advice, relationship advice, why? Why are you getting that relationship advice from her? And I'm not saying that, you know, God doesn't speak to a person that has five baby daddies and, you know, with no husband. I'm not saying that. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Don't, don't mistaken 
what I'm saying for something else. I'm, I'm being very direct. What I'm saying is you have to utilize what God is telling us in the Bible, in the scripture. So the first thing is first, she was enticed. She was enticed because she says, oh, she saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to her eye. So it's pleasing to her eye. So now she, she going to be doing everything because it's pleasing to her eye. Now, now it, from now on, everything is going to be desirable to her. So we, as women, I'm going to just reiterate this. It's so important for us not to be motivated by the desires and the pleasures of your eyes. Do not be enticed. Don't make, don't make life-changing decisions because what you thought was pleasing to your eye. Because you're enticed by this. So let me just go ahead and just let me get intertwined. So that is not something that God wants us to do. God wants us to make sure that we're doing things in a way that it is not just to find a means to an end when he tells us something. If God said that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man, that is what God means. So if you say you believe in God, but yet you don't, you don't respect the order that God has given within the household, then that means that you're contributing to the demise of the home. You cannot be a man. I cannot be a man to my children, period. I'm a woman. I was born biologically a woman. I am a woman. I have to encourage my children. I can't encourage them from the perspective that I have as a woman. I can't encourage. I can. What, what do I? What can I tell them? They father. Progress. I, their dad have to tell them how to be a man. So it's so important. This is the wait. This is it, it had completely started over the recording. Hold on. Let me share the screen again. always something happening with this okay so what what happens is we have to make sure that we are allowing the man to be the man and we have to support the man i remember um one time i had i had gave my ex-husband a bunch of money and um it was on father's day and I was like, you know, um, I, I really appreciate you being a good dad and, you know, you doing your thing. Good job. Keep up the work and stuff. And so uh, I, I posted, I posted, a, I posted on Facebook and I said, well, see, I'm winning, you know, <laughs> I'm winning over here <laughs> because see, I, I don't care if he's with another woman or not. It's about making sure that I am I supporting his efforts of success. Am I supporting that? Because see, I chose, I did agree to have kids with him. I did agree to marry him. I did agree to those things, even though we're not together. So guess what? We have to take accountability. I have to take accountability and say, hey, look, it's important for me to make sure that your successes are being met too. Because if you're meeting your goals and you're being successful, my kids, they're going to what? Win. 
So this is important to understand that you have to take accountability. You have to treat people the way that you want. We cannot walk around as women and, and stop each time you are enticed by something. Oh, you think that that man, he looked good, but his heart not good. It's literally this guy was talked to. He is a nice looking man. I was like, oh no, your heart is corrupt. Woo, no, 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 no. I don't think so. <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> no. You run away from that. Need to put a sign on and say no to the no, no, no. Okay? <laughs> no, there's no way. So you, you have to pay attention to those type of things. It's not about what you think. It's not about what you what, what could be so, oh, this is so pleasing. I want you going to fulfill your desires. Thank you for the love. I appreciate that. So, you know, now I wanted to go into um another another article here that I... uh. So let me let me just sum that part up. So just make sure that you know um, it's so easy to be easily enticed by the things that you see, but understand that the things that you see could deceive you, and those things can also impact your relationship with God. It can negatively impact your household. You want to make sure that you're supporting your household. So that's why I said that no no family should be put on child support you don't need to have people all in your business and, and forcing a person to take care of their responsibilities the main thing is for us as women to make sure that we're out here supporting thank you for thank you for that it's to make sure that we're out here supporting the black man because they're already faced with so many disparities in, in society they have a lack of uh support financially they have inequality in the in the workforce there's also a lack of a uh, housing opportunity so you have all of these different uh inequ problems with inequity and it's causing problems within the home so it's it's very important for us as women to say hey you know what i know that we're not together i know we're not in a relationship or a marriage but guess what i want to see you succeed because i know that if you succeed my kids is going to succeed so what is it going to take for you to get at that success level that that you need to be at how can i support you on your journey what is it that you need from me you know so these are the things that keep the household together so a lot of times i know with so many people in my neighborhood they always wanted that's too much meddling in your family business when you bring the system in yes it is too much it's too much meddling around don't nobody have time for that don't make time for that so that's why people that that grew up with me in my neighborhood if you all have ever wondered because i have people always ask well why you don't ever bring your kids around or I didn't bring my kids around or my husband um, because of the fact that I, I just don't like that. Okay. I support the family. <laughs> I'm not with none of that. So just because I, I understand that I, I see a lot of people going through it problems and stuff, but I haven't been the type of woman that had to go through those type of things because I support 
the men in my family. I and if you know me personally, you know that I'm gonna support all of my cousins like they my brothers. I'm gonna support my uncles like they they my dad or something. So that's that's how I am. And that's just what was instilled in me. God said in his word that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every woman is man. So we need to be out here supporting supporting the black men out here because that is, you know, they are a minority and it's a lot of disparities that's going on. And so keeping them out of the household is ultimately going to bring detriment to the household, the single parent household, which is a part of a agenda that we don't want to be a part of. So, um, I have right here, I have put the, um, there's a book. It's called, um, American Project, The Rise and Fall of the Modern Ghetto. And so in this book, it basically talks about it. And the book is by Suter, uh, Vincatis and Williams Wilson. And they discusses, they discuss the projects and how it have negatively impacted the black community with certain bureaucracies that sponsor drugs, gangs, and failures within the black minority homes. And so it's it's a good book. You all can go and read it. But I really wanted to talk about this issue. So during the time when Lyndon B. Johnson, um president president Lyndon B. Johnson, when he was president. Dr. Martin Luther King, he's a pluralist. He basically believed in many different ideologies in order to help um, stimulate the black community. But that didn't help, right? So you had other civil rights leaders that was going around the world um, during the time of like the Civil War too. that now they felt kind of encouraged to go on this, you know, like riot and, and um, civil rights war so that they could have some fit freedom. And so Dr. King, he didn't want to do that. And so what happened was he talked to President Lyndon Johnson to basically stop uh, to stop this uh, war. They were trying to go in Cicero, Illinois. And so Dr. King um, said they, he, they wasn't going to march. You can find liquor stores and fast food joints in every black community in neighborhood. Yes, you can. So that that is a part of the agenda, too. But I really want to talk about this because... Um, when Lyndon Johnson, he created a bill that allowed for fair housing within the minority community because there was a great migration from the south to the north. And so when that had happened, you know, it was a lot of different challenges going on. So they thought that moving all of the minorities into the um, into the projects, that, that this would create some like type of stability or sustainability. But when in fact, it did not. So you have to understand that the Democrat, the Democratic Party was um, really being led by the Ku Klux Klan. Um, so Abraham Lincoln, he was Republican. You have, uh, I think it was Lyndon Johnson. He he had went, he was Democrat, then went Republican, then Democrat. He just kept flip flopping over and over again. But really, the Democratic Party was led by the Ku Klux Klan in the South, and so. You have uh, the the great migration from the Confederates to the Union, which is the North. And when they basically uh, took over and became um, dominant within uh, different communities in the North, that, you know, white people didn't allow that. They didn't want it to happen. So they, the President Lyndon Johnson, it was so much war and riots going on because the black civil rights leader, they wasn't on what Dr. Martin Luther King was on. 
he was on trying to create peace, peace, peace. When they're like, look, we're in a civil war and um, they want freedom. So they were willing to die for their fights for freedom. And so what happened was when they built these projects, these projects had introduced drugs. They introduced gangs. They, they introduced all type of like uh, prostitution, all sorts of things. Because when you give a person a little tiny dot on the map and you say that this is where they can stay, where they can reside and they can't go anywhere else. What do you think is going to happen? You have hundreds of people living in one spot. I enjoy dropping in and listening to your thoughts and facts. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so when, when you have all of these different things, now you have women that is on drugs. You have children that is growing up looking up to gang dealers, gang leaders. And wanting to sell drugs because they feel like, okay, well, I see this person driving in this car, this person is doing this. And so now they get, they, this is what they, they role models are. The projects, people in the projects, growing up in the projects. So that, the projects is something that was implemented by the government, which was supposed to bring about sustainability due to the great migration. But in fact, it contributed to the demise of the black african-american community and so what happened was more and more projects happened more and more drugs more and more uh gangs more and more failures that took place so i have some questions here right so in what ways do housing projects play a role in the single parent household with strong black women so the role of the project is as Paula White was saying, and that was interesting because, like I said, that was the first time I heard her talk like that. Um, but the single parent household is always being maintained by the woman because as the strong black woman syndrome states, they are what? They are chief caretakers for everyone. Chief caretakers for everyone. You can't be the chief caretaker for everybody. So once, once the authority and the empowerment has been distributed to the woman, now the man is no longer needed in the household. When in fact, he really is. Because those kids need to see a male role model in the house. They need to be able to look up to someone. They need to be able to say, okay, well, I want to be like this. I want to do this. Because this is what they say a male figure do in their house. So when the male is removed from the house... The only thing that the children can be able to see is those things within that community when they walk outside. So when they walking outside, they, they see, you know, this person selling drugs. They see their friends, you know, ditching school. They see all of these different things taking place. And the, the streets now become their role model. So now you have, uh, you have this, basically, this, um... These researchers now, they are anticipating that individuals, when they're in the third grade, they are in the third grade, they can determine how many prisons based off upon the third grade test scores. And so now it's become, this, this entire situation has become the fall of the man in the household and it started with adam and eve remember it starts with adam and eve and in the way that that started 
was because of the uh, roles that was switched around, the reversal of roles. So we can't go around switching roles. The man is in place for a reason. For a reason. And so um, it's the next question I have is, what are some differences? What are some differences um, that help keep black women at an advantage instead of black minority men? So the, the main difference is um, black women are able to get housing. They're able to get jobs. They're able to uh, maintain financially, which put them at an advantage over the black male. And so now the black man can't really, you know, do anything um, because he hasn't been afforded those same opportunities. And so now if she adds him to her lease, now she can no longer have that house. Now she's losing her benefits. Now she's going to lose everything that the government has assisted her to have. Because why? Because she has a husband. And so although these, um, even though resources haven't been created for, you know, for her, you know, it doesn't matter. Because she's not supporting the man. She's supporting herself. Like how Eve supported herself. She fulfilled her desires. She fulfilled her pleasures. And she tried to spill them off into the man. And guess what? It was ultimately the, the fall of man. And so you can't be the woman that you're supposed to be if you're going to always be motivated by what you see. You're enticed by what you see. You ain't you you money money move you around. So how does that work? You don't want to be, you know, motivated because of money. Your motivation should come from God. Your motivation should come from being, from praying. Your motivation should be coming from the fact that God has gifted you to be the woman that you are. And now you, you can see the fruit of the things that you've done back through prayer and sacrifice. So now you can see your kids be successful. Now you can see all of these good things take place. Why? Because you've been praying. You are a virtuous woman. You are a child of God. You submit to God. You submit. You understand what it means to be submissive. So you're, you know, like, you're not one of those women out here who say they believe in God and not actually understanding what it means to submit to your husband. So I'm at the two hour mark now. Okay. So I just want to let you all know, thank you so much for joining me today. I do appreciate it. Um, I will see you all tomorrow. So let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. Thank you so much for giving us your word today. Um, I just pray that it just really resonated, resonated with the people that really needed to hear it. God, I pray that you allow us to be the women that you called us to be. You you created us to be helpmates, to be helpers, God. You said in your word that when a, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and he receives blessings from you, God. So we just thank you right now that your plan, will, and purpose is fulfilled in our life and that we will not be led or motivated by 
our desires or the things that are enticing to us, God. But let us be led by your Holy Spirit and led through prayer and be sensitive to the voice of your Holy Spirit so that you can lead us in righteousness and we could be the mom and woman of God that you have called and created us to be, Lord God. Let us fulfill your plan, will, and purpose. But most importantly, God, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your blood. Amen. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Um, if you wanted to suggest a topic or make a comment, please do so on the blog. Once again, if you are interested in becoming a intern or you needed to do maybe some community service, please do send me an email at lostlifehelp at southernchangescorporation.org. And so I will see you all tomorrow. Thank you all so much for joining me. You have a good night.